My name is Piers Bayliss and I'm here with two glassmakers in the borders based near Hoyk for now. Um, Peter Holmes, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. Yeah, we're uh, enjoying the, the sort of uh, opportunity to discuss what we do. Yes, brilliant. And Andrew Holmes, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks, Peter. Excellent. So I thought we'd start with the senior of the, of the Holmes. Um, Peter, would you like to tell me a little bit about the, the background to Border Art Glass? The background is, I, I suppose, basically, um, I've been trained in all aspects of glassmaking since the age of 15. I've worked for a couple of companies, including owning half of another company before this one. Right. But it was Andrew and I got together and wanted to do this between ourselves. What, how did you get from 15? What made you think, this is it, this is for me? I've always had a hankering to do it for myself and not, not to be responsible and an, uh, be answerable to other people because that is limiting in many respects. Yes, I can relate to that. If you maybe looked, looked at someone else doing it and thinking, I can do that, but I can do it my way. Yes. Is that what pushed you forward? Yeah. Very good. And so you started off in the borders? No, I started off in the far north, Caithness. Wow. And a company called Caithness Glass, who are more or less gone now. They have a very small presence in the south of Scotland. Uh, and then I left there to start Selkirk Glass right. and, uh, in 1977. And then um, we started this company here between Andrew and myself in 2003. And what attracted you to the borders and kept you here? Well, it's a nice area to live. Very true. It's, it's, it's clean, clean, clean living. If we had gone south, and I visit the south occasionally, the, the traffic and the humdrum of so many different mm -hmm. people and that, it's, it's, it's not pleasant to live in an area that's really sort of over, really overpopulated. So this area ticks a lot of boxes when it comes to living healthily. So uh, people have said in the past they'd like to holiday they like to work where they holiday. Is that perhaps what... Well, you could, you could apply a bit of that to it. Um, this area is also, I think, underdeveloped. And there's a lot, it has a lot to offer, but it really needs a, a coordination between all the different councils, yes. boards, etc. I think there's a, definitely a network of micro-businesses in this area that do cultural um, and artistic work. Mm -hmm. Have you found a network here, or is it, do you find it more, you just do your job? We do, um, we probably could do a little bit more on the networking side, and we, I feel that's slowly coming. Mm -hmm. To answer your question about micro-businesses, and this area is a lot of them, Yes, you're better off with, say, 30 to 50 micro-businesses than you are one big unit that's going to employ a lot of people, but if that crashes and goes, mm -hmm. then that's it. Yes. The whole place suffers. You always hear about new things going on, and that is more interesting than hearing about the mill closing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's brilliant. So we'll pass it across to, to Andrew Holmes. Um, but you, did you start at 15? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I went to college for a while, and then... Right. I was luckily taken up by my dad. I was working, doing labouring for a building site at the time. But right. at that time, he had just left a large company and wanted to employ somebody. So it just was right that he kind of asked me. So I was very lucky. 
and your experience with glass had that had that been going on since childhood or did you pick it up at that point yeah because I, I grew up with him being you know a maker and obviously my dad I uh, I was involved from a really young age with some things school holidays I'd go and help out and um, did cold working it's called and then right. from that developed other skills but it was more when I was about 27 he employed me in here and have you felt yourself um, going out on your own uh, in a sense in terms of your style compared to your father's style yeah yeah you think you naturally do that anyway but yeah I've, he's taught me everything that he knows but there's been a lot of just go and try it just do it did you just get to a point where you thought ah, I want to do it slightly differently this way or uh, you no know, you naturally find your own way yeah you, you'll be shown something and then after a while you think I, I do I could do this a different way or quicker and you try it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you do develop your own style and your own skills well I mean people can't see this at home but we're surrounded by lots of different styles and you've got um, you've got an Instagram I think yeah, yeah. Andrew Holmes glasses on Instagram and you can follow us and daily I try and do an update daily yeah what, so do you make things daily or is it just yeah every day make something um, and if it's interesting enough I think I'll, I'll share that with my followers and things and are there projects that you do that take must be projects that take longer than a day but yeah well just recently we we introduced some sculptural work into the into the body of what we do and that took months to complete one <laughs> really oh right yeah it was a good uh, two months one took and was that is that going to be displayed locally or it's in a private garden I'm afraid but, <laughs> yeah. do you get people that come in and, and sort of say I want this for my garden yeah that, that's exactly what happened right yeah they said uh, is that regular or, or is no it just... this is a very new thing but it's <laughs> now going to be hopefully a more regular thing and something will tap into how do you think they find you do you think it's like word of mouth uh, they're a customer of ours and they've been coming for years they've, right. they've always been flirting with us saying no it's the biggest thing you can make <laughs> and we sort of combined the metal work with glass work and made something pretty damn big. Wow. And no one can see it apart from them. Yeah, well, I can, uh, privately, I can take people out <laughs> to show them, but yeah. The pictures are on Instagram, people can see Right, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to highlight that when we put yeah, the podcast yeah. in. Now, I want to get to the, the one of the reasons I wanted to come here today uh -huh. because we're going to do a, a Grand Design Style podcast episode and mm -hmm. follow it up with another one sure. because you are moving premises yes. from here in Hoyk to Selkirk. And I wanted to tap into and maybe help anyone else looking to make a big move such as that because you've been here for... 17 years. 17 years. So what sort of made that move, you know, a reality for you? What made you want to, to move from Hoyk to Selkirk? Well, my dad, Peter, is now 72, so we want to kind of move closer to where we live, and it'll be easier for both of us to transport there. But yeah. Okay, so just basically closer between where you live and where you work. Yeah. Sometimes we have an alarm situation with the equipment, and we have to travel all the way over from <laughs> in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock, yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. If it's in Selkirk, we can just toddle off down the road. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you know when something's... It, it, it's automated. We got a phone call from, from a company. Rings, from, right. From a security company. Because I've seen that equipment and it's hot. Tell, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, how it was 1,200 degrees? Yeah, the, the glass furnace runs at 1,100 degrees and the heat chambers are both uh, 1,200 plus when we're operating. Wow. The kilns are 500 degrees. So. <laughs> There's a lot of heat in here. Yeah, you're packing a lot of heat in this place. When you when you move, I think we discussed this earlier. You're yeah. looking to 
to change that equipment? Yeah, the furnace we've been using, using is over 20 years old. So we, need, we want a more modern, economical one. It's, I always regard it like the motor and trade it. Right. What we use is an old V8 and it uses a lot of fuel. But nowadays you can get much more economical, smaller packages that you can produce the same uh, product with, but it's much cheaper to run the cost of it. Right, and is that the, the, the main equipment change you're making, or are you, are you, is there anything, are you kitting out the place? Yes, yeah, there'll spec? be a brand new furnace that's custom built for us, and we'll have new heat chambers also built into the side of it. So you're harnessing the heat from your furnace, so you mm-hmm. can use the other equipment, but just now we have all separates, so the furnace doesn't heat the, uh, the chambers, it doesn't heat a kiln, they're all off their own different power sources, but the sure. new one runs off one heat source. You'll have a more integrated yep, system, yep, basically. Yep. And you, you, people can come to Hoik while, while you're still here and yep. see what's going on. Can they do that when you, when you go to yep, Selkirk? It's going to be better for that, much better for that. Right. Are you going to do anything to sort of uh, encourage that? or? Yeah, well, when we canvas it and, and advertise where we're going to be and what we're doing, people will instantly see the change. There'll be a different uh, format of viewing area. Um, a lot more health and safety conscious we'll have to be as well. Because just now we, we kind of, we're in an industrial estate, so we can get away with quite a bit, but we want to make the new operation much more slick. And, mm-hmm. and more attractive for yep, people yep. to turn up. And obviously if you've got families coming, yep. you're going to want to make sure your health and safety is yeah. top notch. Yeah. Uh, so the, when did the initial planning for this move start? It really started a few months ago. Uh, we've been sort of toying with the idea for over a year. A realistic uh, answer to that question is about four or five months ago, but we've been looking for pro- for properties, and we've been in Gala Shields, Hoyek, uh, and Selkirk too, and roundabout. But this is the first time we've found a, a place that is really suitable. What were the sort of top things to, to consider when you... Well, location, size of building, mm-hmm. whether or not the equipment and that would fit in, and that sort of thing, especially with Andrew doing the, the sculptures, because they're quite large. You know, so yes. we need the space, and that ticked all the boxes. Is it going to be? I'm just. I can just see you doing a sculpture, and then people can sit and watch you while you're trying to work. Is that not going to be the scenario? No. <laughs> Do you uh, that in well, front of it? <laughs> yeah, with, with metal fabrication, it it's right. not. It's pretty dangerous at times, and it's not. We'll show people our glass making. Right. That's interesting to watch and fast, but. I don't think you'd be very interested after watching <laughs> five minutes of grinding or welding. And you can't watch welding. You'd get well, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's not, yeah. Right, so you've got to separate side of things. You've got the glass making, which you can show off. Yeah, yeah. Then, but you've got your, where well, you need to get down to brass tacks. and Two, yeah, yeah. two rooms. Right, okay. That'll, I'd say that'd be interesting, but no one will be able to see, see it. They, they can, can see the results. They, they, could, they, could, they could watch it, but... They'd be more interested in the glass that kind of takes over visually. Yeah, I'm just looking around the room and seeing the different different um, styles you have. Have you found more popular styles, or do you? I think think what we try and do, uh, besides being inventive and trying other things, we try and have a good variety of colour in our ranges and also shapes so that people coming in have a variety to choose from which yes. is quite important do you, so you, presumably people can um, commission 
works. Yes, well, that, that happens quite a lot. Do you, do you find they give you room to, to do your own thing or do, do, do they, are they very specific? They get an idea of what we can do. Um, we, there's a two-way conversation between us and them and then they can uh, suggest some of the things they'd like to see within the design, mm-hmm. i.e. colour uh, and shape, and then we will go away and we will uh, make it up. And I don't, can't remember once, in fact, it must have happened, I expect, but I can't <laughs> remember someone being totally disappointed. Presumably there's updates or they drop in to see how it's going. Yeah, that happens, yeah. yeah. What do you think it takes to make a business like this work in the borders? Well, I think that it takes, obviously you can't count the hours, it takes a lot of hours and hard work, but you've got to constantly, constantly um, be aware of things that change and don't try and get yourself stuck in a rut. So you're constantly evolving to meet? To meet different tastes. You know, okay, I'm 72 (laughs) and I've seen it a lot, you know, but even now... I hanker on to do something different. Uh, and the old man that taught me the trade, when he was 75, mm-hmm. he said, there's always something new to learn. And it's correct. But so I, you, I feel you can't that, rest on your laurels. You no, have you to can't. just keep but evolving. I feel, I feel that me being at the age I am, Andrew is artistic and he has a different brain to me. And he will then be able to... Um, add something else that's totally different. And when I look at it, I think, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure about that. But then it, it, it proves me wrong. <laughs> People come in and say, oh, that's wonderful. Do you think, presumably, you've got a, a following in the area? In the area, definitely. And how have you worked to sort of keep that or develop that? Just like I sort of said before, is to make sure your designs are not carbon copies of what you did a few months ago, but to try and be inventive and create different shapes and colours. Right. There's almost a temptation, I think, to, to, to have something that's popular that works and just think, right, I'll just do that 20 times over. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, some things are uh, repetitive, the more simple mm-hmm. uh, things, but... Even within that, you try and add little tweaks and things that make it look more interesting. And as you develop a, a, a line or a product mm-hmm. and you look at it, you don't copy what you did the very first day you did it. You look at ways of enhancing it and making it better. And do you look, <coughs> do you look to the wider industry uh, of glass making to, to get ideas of how, how the tastes are changing? Or is it very much what you get day-to-day feedback from people just saying, oh, I like this, I like that? Yeah, I think the feedback thing is, is, is very important. And as um, seasons change, then you have to adapt to colour schemes. When spring comes, everybody gets really? enlightened. And <laughs> so you slant your colour schemes to fit that particular season. And people presumably respond to that when they come in to, yeah, to see but, the, the... because they're already sort of in the, in the spring mood, say, and the autumn mood, the summer mood... And then, uh, unfortunately, the desperate cold, cold winter <laughs> things. And then, then actually, it falls back. People looking for somebody to cheer themselves up with. Do you have like a season that people are, are most interested? Or I mean, presumably the summer people visit most. Yeah, it's always good to um, see people. Um, 
a lot of our business is repeat business from people who come to this area on holiday and they'll come back again because they like it, the peace here and, and the sort of landscape. And then we then, um, they'll always come back to us. We have people for the last 15 years. So very loyal. <laughs> yeah, every year. So how do you reach them? How do you go about... We try and keep them informed. Keeping them informed. Do you have like a publish, publication that goes out? No, or? we don't. Um, that is probably perhaps a failing of ours. We really need to do more in that area. I mean, well, the, the results are still... You're still here. You're still going after yeah. all these years. So there must be some sort of publication that, or some form of promotion that's worked. Yeah. I, I did see a sign... <laughs> no doubt that works quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, people passing along the road and they see the sign, oh, let's go and see what glassmaking is all about. I think you have to remember too, because we're very small, we don't, and we're not mass producing anything, mm-hmm. we have a small market, and we're not really after um, the mass market. Mm-hmm. It's the more of the individual market. No, no you've, got, you've gone around which is a choice people make. And, and I, I think if you do it right, which I think you have done, it can work very well, which is you make yourself, um, I guess the word's bespoke. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, you're, not, the, you're not using... That is the word. Exactly. You're not using um, mass-produced... You don't have an industrial-sized... Well, no. it's pretty industrial, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but just in general, it's industrial. But you don't have an industrial-sized factory plant yeah. pumping out glass identical so people come here and well they can ask you they can give you instructions as to exactly what they'd want but also they can find something that's not the same as what anyone else has and that that to them is is important because they very often make that comment exactly it's not like Ikea where you've got rows and rows of the same thing and or you go to your neighbor's house for dinner and they've got the same vase as you've got <laughs> we, we could make ten of them these bowls that I'm pointing at if you can't see, well, because you're listening to the podcast, it's a yellow or am, is amber wood? gold, yeah, gold. gold topaz. It's called. Uh, if we were to make ten of them, they'd all be different in a, in a slight way. But that's what people buy for. They, they go for that bespoke, unique, one-off. Yeah, I think that I think that's the way to make a, a, a business your size in this area work. Yeah. And the benefit there is that people can show it off around the world and they ask where you get it from and they can't go down to the Ikea and get it there. They yeah. have to come here, which makes it either worth a trek um, or, or more valuable because you have to make that journey and you have to pick it or, or choose what you like very personal in that sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but uh, what would you like to see most to help grow your business in the borders, especially after you move to Selkirk? I think... The um, signage and things like that are very important, which we're not always in control of because of planning permissions and things Mm -hmm. like that. I think that could be a bit more relaxed. And I also think that the tourist board are jumping too quickly ahead and wanting everybody to put everything on, um, sort of on tablets and things like that. The older generation don't do that. Look at that sort of thing. And they close all the tourist offices down in the borders except for one. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing is not helpful. Not when you consider the population of, of the Scottish borders. Yeah. And perhaps the, the, the population that would come as tourists to this area, perhaps in a rush to, to embrace new technology, you, you don't do away with the old, you keep it while it's working, uh, and as tastes change, and then adjust. I think 
I don't like rushing into anything without working in it. And I think sometimes these things are taken on board because of cuts and things like that. And they really should be a little bit more proactive in, in, in the phasing of things instead of the mad rush, oh, let's, let's do this and just do it without thinking of the consequences later on, you know. And Andrew, what do you think for yourself you'd need to, to, grow, your, to grow the business on, on your end? I don't know, just uh, at, at, uh, people at school, they're, you're trained out of a textbook, if you like, when you're mm -hmm. at school, and it's about reaching targets and stuff for schools. They don't, I, I don't know, because it's been a long time since I was at school, but they seem to, the creativity is sort of, uh, it's not there. It's for, for an individual to be a person and have their own sort of desires of what they want to do in life. It's very much, this is the way you, you sort of have to study and that's the way you should be, where it's completely wrong. I, I know so many people that leave schools with all their degrees or whatever, and they end up working in the wrong end or a different as, as solicitors uh, yeah a different area than they they target to so I mean that that's arts and crafts and the borders is, is good because mm -hmm. there's so many individuals out there but you, they, you had the, I, you I, had the inspiration I wish they'd of your teach father. that at the school uh, we I could count on maybe one hand how many schools we've come up here to see what we do but and we we, we throw out an educational package of a demonstration mm -hmm. but so rare so, so more of a promotion think, for the younger yeah, people in the area. Younger people need to be, uh, the, the, the horizon's as broad as you make it, but it's not. It's, they don't get taught that school. It's very narrow. Yeah, um, I, I grew up in this area, and it was only when I came back from university here that my eyes were opened to what's going on here. Yeah. Um, to how much is going on in this area. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... Uh, more of an emphasis on introducing younger people in the area to what is going on right on their doorstep mm -hmm. would be a real benefit to this area. Yeah, and to, for us all human beings to get away from the mass-produced machine-made things and go back to unique stuff. Yeah, get away from the iPads and, and yeah. go out and see what's going on. Yep, yep. Right, we'll, we'll leave it there, but um, Peter and Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thank awesome. you very much. Thank you very Thank you. much.